0: welcome to luna the podcast my name is carolina salazar also known as the carolina lifestyle on tiktok and instagram my goal with this podcast is to demystify modern spirituality talk about all things holistic health and wellness and to also empower you to show up as your best and highest self thank you so much for being here i look forward to seeing you in the show Hello beautiful human. I hope you're having a lovely start to your week and thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. I hope you're taking care of yourself. I hope you're hydrated and I hope that you're making time for you no matter what. I know we're in eclipse season so the energy has been a bit intense over the last couple of days. We had a Scorpio eclipse, a South Node eclipse last week so a lot of letting go, a lot of Closing of chapters and strong emotions, strong feelings, things from underneath the surface coming to the surface. So I don't know if you've been experiencing that, but I definitely have. And it's been intense, but it's been good. It's been transformative and I'm embracing the journey. And also, I am feeling so good. I am so excited about everything that's going on in my life And I know I've been hinting at a little project that I've been working on on my Instagram stories for quite a while. You guys saw I had a little photo shoot a few weeks ago, and there's just a lot that's been going on. And as a creator, as an entrepreneur, it's honestly been a little bit hard for me to soft launch. Like, I'm such a hard launch person. I'm like, yeah, like, here's everything. Here's the whole launch. But starting next week, I'll be teasing a little bit on my socials as to what this new project entails but what i will tell you is that it's big is that it's community oriented is that it's focused on supporting you on your evolution on your personal growth and i'm genuinely so passionate about what i'm building and the interesting thing has been that i for so long have been such a results oriented person i've been focused on getting from point a to point b and you know wanting to speed that up and feeling so anxious But the thing is that I've been feeling so much passion and excitement for this project that I'm working on, for this hint, hint brand that I'm building. And it's gonna be so special. And because the process of building has been so heart-centered and has been so special, I've realized that when you are in alignment, when you are coming from a place of passion and excitement, the process becomes exciting. The process becomes fun. The process becomes fulfilling. And you put less pressure on the final result. So that's something I learned a lot over the last few weeks. And also something else that I'll say is that starting next week, I'll be kind of sprinkling in throughout the week, different little hints as to what's coming. And today actually marks kind of like a closing of a chapter for Luna, for the podcast where there's a lot that's going to be coming and it's going to be almost like a quantum leap for the podcast. So that's all I'll say. But I will share more next Monday in a little solo episode that I'll drop. And then you'll be more looped in and you'll know when to expect to see the hard launch. (laughs) I will say that. I'm trying to keep it vague, but also exciting. And hopefully you can tell from my tone of voice just like how in tune I am with this. And I'm genuinely really, 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 really excited. So that's what I'll say on that note. And I also wanted to share with you guys something really exciting that happened last week. One of my friends, Alyssa, she's awesome. She posted on her stories that she was doing a meditation facilitator training. And the moment that I saw that on her story, I felt an instantaneous gut reaction to that, where I was like, I need to do this because this meditation facilitator training was just so perfectly timed in my life because it has a lot to do with what I'm building and what will be coming in the near future, too. Because what I'm building has a very strong mental health element, mindfulness element. And I've always wanted to be able to lead meditations and to have more skills in that area. As you guys know, if you leave a review for the podcast, I can email you a meditation that I've made. But this specific training gave me a really solid foundation to build from. So I'm really, really excited because I learned so much. It was a small cohort of women. It was eight women. And the facilitator training was hosted and organized by Rooted Beings, which is a really amazing company. And I learned So much from the group. I felt so transformed. I feel so empowered holding space for others and for their transformations and for their mindset and for their mindfulness and for their meditations. And it's going to be amazing to see what I build with these skills. So I just wanted to share that because it was such a win for me and it was such a perfectly aligned synchronicity. So it was really beautiful. And I literally left Sunday afternoon. In tears after we ended the last group call so happy tears and I'm really really excited so everything has been great I'm feeling the energy pushing me towards something exciting and big and I'm just riding the waves honestly so I hope that no matter where you're at in your journey you're just trusting the process and you remember that your timeline is beautiful on its own that it's special and that you're learning things right now for a reason You know, you're in a spot in your journey for a reason and you're learning what you're learning because it's helping you evolve as a human being, as a soul. So trust that. And with that said, with some updates covered, I'm going to dive into letting you know a little bit about today's guest. It's such an amazing episode. I'm so excited for you guys to tune in. I brought on Nam. She is a certified menstrual cycle coach, a cycle-syncing chef, and also a functional hormone specialist. She is just such a sweet soul, and she's also Thai-German, which is really cool. She's a queer cancer that goes by the pronouns of she and her, and her passion really is to support menstruators to have period bliss, as she puts it, and also cycle balance with cycle awareness, radical self-care mind-body-soul connection and nourishment, and also a dash of smashing the internalized patriarchy. So she's just an awesome person and an awesome human being that I'm so grateful to have in my community and to have connected with as well in this episode. She works one-on-one with people. She also holds a bunch of workshops that are tied to cyclical living, and coming off of the pill and she's also currently working on a cycle syncing cookbook which is really exciting so if you want to follow her you can check her page out at the cyclical coach and definitely do because she is just amazing she's on tiktok and on instagram on this episode we talked about a lot of different things but we started kind of by chatting about the fear when you're about to go off of birth control and all of that experience and all the things it can bring up we also talk about becoming a cyclical person and reconnecting to our nature as cyclical beings we talk about the golden triangle of your chakra system which was something really cool that i learned from her we also kind of dive into what to do when you're trying to gain your period back after you've gone off of the pill and how to nourish your mind body and soul and then we kind of closed off by talking about what it's like getting your hormones checked what to do if you want to get your hormones checked and also, the connection of the gut and the liver when it comes to hormones, which is something I'm very passionate about. And I'm so excited we dove into that. And then we closed off with some rapid fire questions. So it's gonna be juicy, it's gonna be exciting, it's gonna be amazing and so educational. And I'm so excited for you to listen. So, with all of that said, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you do, as always, please let me know, share it on your stories, tag me, tag Nam. And also, if you are enjoying the podcast, as always, I'm really grateful for every single one of you who do leave reviews. So if you are enjoying the podcast, please do that. It supports us so much and it means the world to me to read those reviews too. So with that said, let's dive in and I'll see you on the other side. I am so excited
1: for today's episode. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, I'm so excited for today. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. To start off the episode, I always ask my guests to share their big three in astrology. So your sun, moon, and rising. Do you know what yours are? Yes. So I'm a Cancer sun, I'm a Leo moon, and I'm an
2: Aquarius rising.
1: We've talked about this before on Instagram, and I just love that combination. I have a cancer mom and a Leo dad. And so I just always feel really called to both of those energies. And literally, like 80% of my friends are cancer sons or have some sort of cancer placement. So my oh. cancer mood appreciates it. Yay. <laughs> you know what I love
2: about cancers and Taurus? You're a Taurus, right? Yes. I feel like we both have such a love for cooking yummy food would you agree a hundred
1: percent a hundred percent I feel like cancers and Tauruses are just like naturally drawn to each other too like there's a lot of memes about it mm-hmm. I feel but it's so true that it kind of ties into the food really well and it's just like they're both very creative too both both those signs and Leo as well yeah
2: agree yeah
1: so, yeah I love that and I love that you are also into the food space and just like Chefing it up. And I know you're working on a cookbook too, which is really exciting.
2: I am so exciting. So much work though. Whew. Oh, yeah. I just went to a food shop and, and came back and really excited to start cooking later. <laughs> amazing. It's launching in September? It is launching in September. TBD. TBD I'm not when? sure if I'll make the date. Maybe it's going to be October, I'll, but I'll just go with the flow.
1: Can't okay, amazing. It. I think this episode will be out probably after you've launched it. So I will definitely include that in the show notes for people to check it out too amazing Amazing. so let's start out by just diving straight into the experience of going off of birth control as we were chatting before we hopped on to record I think a lot of people feel a lot of fear around making the leap and going off of birth control so I think we can kind of start there just like breaking that down and talking about how did you feel before you went off of birth control like did you feel afraid And what impact do you think fear plays in, in general?
2: Mm. Honestly, I was terrified too, because all of my friends, they went off and they were like, oh my God, it's horrible. Like I have these post pill effects of, you know, hair loss and hormonal acne, and I don't really know what to do. So I was like, okay, what can I do to help myself and to support my body to yeah regain this natural menstrual cycle again and have it all balanced out maybe a little bit faster or maybe a little bit more yeah with a little bit more ease and flow so i went to my doctor and I asked her, so look, is there anything I can do to support myself coming off of hormonal birth control? And um, surprised she didn't <laughs> have any recommendations for me. And I was like, is there not anything I can do? Like literally not like looking at my lifestyle or my nutrition, nothing. And she was like, no, you just wait until your period comes back. And if it isn't back in six months, we'll just put you on hormone therapy or something. And I was like, oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right um this sounds horrible I'm not sure what to do so I really got into learning all about coming off of hormonal birth control myself and then just prepared for months in advance and went off of it and it felt so incredibly good how was your experience with
1: that amazing yeah I think I shared this on a few other podcast episodes before and on my Instagram and TikTok but I was on the pill starting when i was 18 i think i think i had just mm-hmm. turned 18 i was about to go to college i had lost my period because i was struggling with an eating disorder and i was just like i'm going to college i'm going to be sexually active like i need to go on birth control it'll also help me get my period back it'll regulate my cycle quote unquote so i was really uninformed but anyway my gynecologist like was just like sure like we'll put you on birth control like let's do it whatever So I go on birth control and I was just a mess. Like I didn't take the sugar pill. Sometimes I skipped them. Like I was really irresponsible. Then I went on the IUD because I was like, I can't take the pill every day. Like I'm, I'm not able to do it consistently. And then I didn't have my period at all when I was on the IUD and I had the IUD for over a year. And then I started experiencing some like bleeding and pain and I don't know exactly still what happened I think it just like I was doing a lot of root chakra work so I think it was partly because of that but I was just bleeding and I was like I need to get this out of my body I'm I don't like not knowing what's going on so I took it out and at that moment I was like I'm just gonna go off of everything but because I'm in a long-term relationship we were both like no this is too hard like just go back on the pill so I go back on the pill. And I was on the pill for another like four-ish months. And at that point, I was feeling super emotional. I was just like not vibing at all with the pill. And I had already kind of learned about cycle syncing. It like came into my life that that's a way of living. And I was really curious about it. And I wanted to live my life connected to my body as a woman and connected to my needs that fluctuate throughout it. So that's when I kind of made the jump. But as we were talking about before, my biggest fear was more in terms of getting pregnant And my cycle was not regular. And so I was really afraid for a while that because my cycle was irregular, I couldn't know when I was ovulating. I couldn't know when it was risky. So we just kind of ended up always using condoms and that just being like the way we kind of moved through that. But that was my biggest fear. And I think that for a lot of girls, they feel afraid of that as well, especially people who are in relationships. Mm,
2: I can resonate so much with that I think there's such a lack of information out there when it comes to hormone free birth control options a lot of people just think about okay there's condoms but that's about it but there's so much more out there that you can explore and see what works for you from sponge to um, diaphragm to the fertility awareness method that you and I both use And honestly, I also don't think that it's for everyone. I feel like it depends on where you're at in your life. And if you can consistently like dedicate yourself to also trying to understand your body. I feel like sometimes for people, it is really hard to look so closely if you're really feeling disconnected from your body for a very long time. And then you need to, with fertility awareness, you need to really be very observant and very patient about what your body is doing and checking every day and really dedicating yourself to getting to know your body on such a deeper level
1: that I feel like that can be a little bit daunting. Yes, exactly. Because it's like when people go on birth control or some of these types of contraceptive methods, it's like you go on something and you turn off a part of your brain that quote unquote, is aware and also maybe worried or just taking note of everything that's going on in your body. It's kind of you check out and you forget and you let it be. But when you step into the shoes of being cycle aware, it's a lot about, as you were saying, understanding your own body, taking note of where you're at in your cycle, and just how you feel, what your physical symptoms are and all of that. It's much more self-aware but it's also a process of learning. When I went off of the pill, I didn't know about the fertility awareness method. I didn't understand that I could only get pregnant for like six days of the cycle or so. I didn't know all the different ways to start doing the fertility awareness method. And so I think a lot of girls also feel uninformed about that, which is partly why I created the Cycle Syncing 101 course that I released because there's a lot, that goes into aligning with your cycle but I think that that for me was the biggest issue was that I just felt like I didn't have the information on how to actually take care of myself and how to actually prevent pregnancy in a holistic and natural way
2: oh I can resonate so much with that thanks for sharing your story by the way I mean I haven't heard it because I haven't um connected with you before on this level but it's beautiful to hear that a lot of people go through similar journeys when it comes to coming off hormonal birth control and we all have the same fears and same doubts about what happens if I come off. will I get pregnant or how am I gonna deal with all the side effects of coming off or the side effects of being on hormonal birth control for that long I think that's the better way to put it Mm -hmm. and how does it feel like to reconnect to your body how would you say it was for you to become a cyclical person again because I know that you talk a lot about like being a cyclical person and I think you have a podcast episode on that one too right yes
1: yes I think when we're recording this it's the episode that I released the previous week so pretty recently yeah and I think that just to note something else that you said about the effects of being on birth control for so long I think a lot of people also go on birth control, not for reasons of I'm going to be sexually active and I don't want to get pregnant. Like people get put on birth control for acne or for random things. And that's, I think when when you go off of it, those things might come back. Like let's say someone was struggling with hormonal acne and they go on birth control. They're not really getting to the root of why they're having hormonal acne. They're not making the lifestyle shifts that's going to prevent the acne from coming back. And so when they go off of it, those symptoms can come back. And so I think that's something that's really interesting too. But for me, throughout my whole life, I've just been so much in my masculine, so much in this action-taking, go-go-go mode version of me. And before, when I was on birth control, I feel like I just had the same routine every day. And like I treated my body the same way every single day. And when I started coming off of birth control, I started noticing that I felt very different. Like it became much more apparent to me that, oh my gosh, when I'm in my luteal phase, it like it sucks or I'm so self-critical or have bad body image days or starting to notice the correlations of when certain things happen. Like, oh, I'm feeling super confident today. Oh, am I ovulating? Like now I have that awareness where I'm able to put two and two together and just kind of understand how I feel through a different lens. But when I had just come off of birth control and I started feeling these things, I didn't realize why I was feeling those ways because I didn't track my cycle and I didn't know what day I was in and all these other things. But that's kind of how I started feeling. What about you? Very similar. And also understanding that it is okay
2: to be different versions of yourself throughout your menstrual cycle. I feel like that was something that I needed to welcome in. And let go of this idea that i have to be the same person every day that i have to be the same level of energy of productivity of libido of mood and that it's okay to sometimes just have days where you have those self-doubts or have those days where you're full of energy and full of optimism and understanding your cycle and then harnessing the powers that come with it And navigating the dangers of it. I'm sure you cover all that in your um, cycle syncing one-on-one course. But I feel like that empowered me so much, understanding the powers and understanding the dangers of each phase of the cycle and then harnessing these energies for myself. And I feel like that has made me a completely different person from the way that I'm living my life it changed so much. Now I'm, I completely live my life after my cycle and I've never felt more me, more the most authentic version of myself. So even that, like, if I would have known this before, I think I would have gone off homeowner birth control way earlier. I was on it for 10 years. I think I was put on it when I was 15 or even earlier. I don't even remember. Maybe it was 12 years could be 12 years too i'm i'm not sure so i didn't even know how i am as a person without this influence and it is medication at the end of the day right it is medication that impacts your the way that you grow it impacts your brain it impacts your whole hormonal system your whole endocrine system and it also affects for example things like the choice of partners, stuff like that. So I had no idea how I was as a person without being on hormone birth control. And that got me so curious about coming off and was probably one of the key points of me being like, okay, I just want to see how I am without it and see what I can discover about myself. Like, Is there new parts of myself that have maybe been
1: kind of hidden from my plain sight when being on hormone birth control yeah yeah thank you for sharing that it's so true I think especially for a lot of women birth control kind of causes this reduction in libido and in like sexual desire and a connection to yourself as a sexual being which is the sacral chakra right it's like the source of so much power and so much emotion as well and connection to self to connect to the part of you that could create life that could you know create things in the world that could put new things into existence that could want to share that with someone else too in like a more sexual context too and there's all these different parts of us that can get muted when Mm -hmm. our endocrine system and our hormones are just like operating in an unnatural way literally muted
2: that is that is so right because it turns off the communication between, as you said before, the parts of your brain and parts of your body or your ovaries in that case. And I love that you always bring the chakra system into it, because there's always such a connection between I call the skull and triangle, the throat chakra, the heart chakra, and the sacral. And when you mute one of those, you're also muting the other two. Ooh. So you might have difficulties speaking your truth. You might not be as open-hearted, so to say. And I definitely felt those chakras opening up for me when I went off of it.
1: Can you elaborate on that golden triangle a little more? So the golden triangle,
2: the throat, the heart, and the sacral chakra are connected uh, through the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve is one of the most beautiful nerves in our body that is, um, helping us to go into the parasympathetic nervous system mode. So that is our rest and digest mode. That is our, Mm -hmm. when we feel very relaxed and when we feel good. And, um, we need this parasympathetic nervous system mode to, yeah, to rest and to be happy. This is sort of the other side of, yeah, if you're not feeling stressed, you're in your parasympathetic nervous system, hopefully. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Rest and And digest rest and digest exactly instead of fight and flight and they are connected through the vagus nerve so the cervix which is in your yoni in your womb space in your sacral is connected to your heart and to your throat and if you look at it from an anatomical way you can also see that your cervix or your vagina is looking nearly the same as your vocal cords so this wow. is why when we birth we tend to open our (laughs) mouths and try. Yeah, we scream. We open our mouths and tend to, you know, have these really primal noises because it also opens up the cervix for the baby to pass through.
1: Wow. Yeah,
2: so there is like a direct connection also with the heart space. Super interesting. I could talk hours. (laughs) Well, how does the heart play into it in your view? In my view, heart chakra for me is also... Very connected to intimacy and to love, obviously. So for me, when we look at the sacral, you need a level of intimacy and maybe feeling comfortable with somebody in a in a sexual way to open up that sacral and to open up sexually but also creatively. Yeah. When you're when you're hanging out with people that you feel comfortable with, you are also way more drawn to show them your creativity, like what you're working on, your projects and stuff. So it doesn't even have to be like in a sexual way. Yeah, It can also be a creative way.
1: Yes. I love that. And I love that you were also tying in the chakras because I love learning about the chakras and just tapping into it. And as I said, for me, the process of reconnecting to my period and getting my period back was very tied to root and sacral chakra work. Like when I was experiencing that bleeding, I was doing root and sacral chakra balancing meditations like back to back for like one to two weeks. And then I started having like literal bleeding out of my yoni. Like so interesting. And I think it's so not a coincidence. Like I I don't think it's a coincidence at all. And it's because having a period, this is what I say in the course too, having a period, having a cycle is so much about as you said, in a more scientific way, the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. And ultimately what that means is feeling safe in your own body and telling your body it is safe to bring life into this world. It is safe to have a monthly bleed. It's safe to have a period. And that's what the root chakra is about, safety and security. And so I think that's a really beautiful connection too.
2: I love the way you look at that. Helping your body to feel safe and nourished is the pillar like the key for getting your period back for getting your hormones balanced because your body will always make sure that you're surviving first before you are able to thrive in a fertility way and being fertile means being healthy so at the end of the day your body wants you to be fertile and wants you to be able to reproduce whether you want that or not is a different question but I love how you tie that together with the root chakra for safety and for trust. And that you can also tie in the chakra work into that. What else did you
1: do to regain your period after coming off from motor birth control? So one thing that happened to me as well was that when I was still on the IUD, as I said, there was a long time that I was not having a period at all. And so I know that there are some people on the IUD that don't experience that, though. Like, they do have a monthly, like, release. And when I was still on the IUD and I started doing a few different shifts in my health, I started having, like, a quote-unquote, like, a bleed. And then eventually it was, like, a lot of bleeding, and that's when I took it off. But I think the biggest shifts for me were starting to meditate like meditation in general to calm down the nervous system and specifically the chakra balancing work was really key for me. I think also I was eating enough, which was really important. And I started doing a lot of more like low impact workouts as well. So like I started doing Pilates and a little bit of yoga stretching and all of that kind of thing. So I think those were the three biggest things was I also was sleeping a lot. Like I was definitely going to bed at a good hour. Like I remember it was during quarantine. So it was like I was going to bed at 10, 1030, waking up at like 630 or 7. So I was getting a good at least eight hours of sleep. And before that, when I was earlier in college, I was just so not good with my sleep. And I didn't have a sleep routine. I didn't get enough sleep. Definitely. I was also drinking a lot back then and so something else that I think was helpful was reducing the alcohol consumption that I had I think those were the biggest things that helped me what about Mm -hmm. you same
2: same so everything you said about reducing stress in so many different ways so you were sleeping more um lowering your your intensity of workouts something that I also did I think I did only low impact yoga and a lot of calming the nervous system kind of work just to lower the stress levels. And I also always recommend that to my one-to-one clients as well to prepare your body one to three months before actually coming off. So before taking your last pill, before taking out the IUD or whatever hormonal birth control you're on. Just for you to create those habits of sleeping more, of reducing stress, of maybe eating in a different way than you did before, reducing the burden on your liver and your gut. Because when we do that from one day or the other, it can be really hard to create those habits that are nourishing us and that are supporting us. So you want to have those habits established. And I feel like that usually takes, for me, a habit until it is established, I would say at least six weeks. Mm -hmm. How about you mm-hmm.
1: yeah I agree I think for me at least four mm-hmm. probably more because I recently reconnected with movement as a habit in my life I was I've been traveling a lot so I was feeling really disconnected from moving my body in a regular way and so ever since I got to Brazil which was early July I've been working out pretty much daily or like five six times a week and cycle syncing my workouts. And I feel like the first couple of weeks were really hard. But at this point now that it's been almost two months, like six weeks, as you said, I think once the six week mark is reached, it's like a month and a half, then it just becomes more automatic. Definitely.
2: So I feel the same way. Six six weeks at least. So when we try to create those habits before coming off of it, we just set ourselves up for I don't like the word success in that sense because there's not necessarily like a right or wrong when coming off of hormonal birth control. I feel like the most important thing is is to learn how to listen to your body and to reconnect to those parts of yourself that you have been disconnected from for so long and connecting to that cyclicality of that cyclical nature that you have as a menstruating person. And I think this is the, the most important I also noticed, and we talked about this before we went on, that I put on a bit of weight. And for me, I also had an eating disorder, by the way, I feel like we have a very um, similar experience. experience. Yeah, in in my teens, I was struggling with sorted eating for a very long part of my life, I would say. And just... Understanding how to eat for your hormones, what that means. That means no stuff like intermittent fasting, no juice cleanses Thank or whatsoever. But it means. <laughs> but it means actually making sure that you're eating enough protein, that you're adding fats to your diet and that fats are a good thing. And I feel like my generation, and I'm not sure what year you're on, but I'm still traumatized from Kate Moss's nothing tastes as good as skinny feels in the early 2000s Mm. she said that and the low fat low carb kind of things that have always those diets that are always being pushed on on women and Yeah. um, yeah so I struggled with that a lot to understand okay this this is actually the way I nourish myself this is how I'm supposed to as a menstruating person as A woman, because this is what my body needs in order to thrive, and just unlearning and relearning how to eat for your menstrual cycle is so incredibly important. And I feel like that is a whole topic by itself. When you bring in things like disordered eating, when you bring in diet culture, when you bring in all those things.
1: Thank you for you know bringing this up and opening the space for us to talk about this too, because I actually experienced the same thing as I mentioned, I struggled with disordered eating for so long. And for me, it fluctuated from so much like from cutting out carbs and being very, very underweight to losing my period to then struggling with a little bit of binge eating at one point. And then orthorexia at another point, just like extreme rules and obsession with like the health side of things. And what I've learned too is that, and I was actually thinking about this this morning, which I think this is why is it so beautiful as that we're talking about this right now, is that there are so many women who will put looking skinny or feeling skinny or looking a certain way over their health and at the detriment of their true well-being, at the detriment of their fertility, at the detriment of their cycles, and having a little bit of maybe extra fat on your stomach. To protect your womb and to help you have a period and a healthy cycle isn't a bad thing if that's helping you be a healthier menstruator and a healthier human being. And I think that's a mindset shift that needs to take place too because there's a lot of conditioning around the prettiest and the most lovable version of you is the skinniest, is the smallest, is the most picture perfect version of you and when I started gaining a little bit of weight after going off the pill I struggled a little bit because a lot of my old disordered eating thoughts started coming back and I've had to work through them in the process of learning to nourish myself in a way that supports my body and my hormones like you said eating enough protein and healthy fats eating regular meals and just doing those really good nourishing things with other healthy habits that, you know, help me stay healthy in my mind, and my body, just like moving in a way that aligns with my energy levels, all these different things. And at the same time, accepting that my body changed a little bit, like my boobs grew, my w- like hips grew a little bit. And I feel like like I can see that I have more of a feminine, like womanly body now. I I don't think every single woman who goes off of birth control experiences this specific shift, but it's a part of it too. There's actually a really interesting
2: theory about why that happens, especially if you go on hormonal birth control at a very young age. What it essentially does, it kind of stops your bone structure development too. So when you, so you're basically turning off the menstrual cycle, you're turning off Kind of like the bone structure, how it develops you into a fully grown menstruating person or woman. And when you go off hormonal birth control, then this development continues. So you might take up more space. And I feel like that is one affirmation that helped me so much in in seeing my body um grow and seeing my body, Um, feel more balanced and look differently than before is that I'm allowed to take up space and then we are always trying to shrink ourselves and and this is social conditioning obviously like we're trying to maybe not be our most radiant authentic out there in your face version of ourselves but you are allowed to take up space and it starts with little things like are you in this moment sucking in your belly are you relaxed are you are you letting yourself take up the space that your body is deserving and that you're allowed to and for me that mindset shift as you talked about it it takes some time to to understand how your body is changing and this is not going to be the first time in your life that this is going to happen so when we look at the next decades of our life our bodies will continue to change and our bodies will continue to be exactly what we need them to be to help us thrive to help us be healthy and beautiful in our own way and this ability of your body to change with you and this ability of every cell of your body to give you love and abundance i feel like i get goosebumps when i just think about that i just have so much gratitude for my body for bouncing back, coming off of birth control, um, helping me to love myself more, to accept myself, to allow myself to take up more space.
1: Yes. Yes. That's so beautiful. And I actually hadn't heard of that theory before, but it is true. It's about us accepting that it's okay to take up space and to stop shrinking ourselves. And also, I think, again, it ties beautifully to the sacral chakra, because that's that area right of our like our womb space and something else that I was thinking about as you were sharing too is that when I went off of birth control for a really long time like as I I think I mentioned I struggled with an irregular cycle I don't know if I we were talking about this in the episode or before but I I struggled with an irregular cycle so as I said one of my fears were To get pregnant and to you know not know when I was ovulating and when I was fertile and all of this, but I feel so grateful that I've been able to get my cycle to be regular and that I am able to have a like sense of inner knowing and connection to my body in this way. And I remember when I went off of birth control, I felt so scared. I was like, Am I ever going to have a regular cycle? Like, am I ever going to be able to know when my period is coming and actually know when I'm in my luteal phase or my follicular phase or whatever? I was so afraid that my body wasn't going to, quote unquote, bounce back to having a healthy period. And I think that's a big part of it, too, is that in between that void when you've made the shift and maybe at first the cycle isn't regular and the cycle isn't maybe you're not even getting a period at first when you go off of birth control. And so that's definitely an element that played in for me, too.
2: And an element of trust, too, and I think that this is also why you did so much root chakra work, because you were ultimately trusting your body to, right now, do everything in its power to get your cycle coming back to regular. Or for those of you listening out there, if your cycle is not back yet from coming off hormonal birth control, or you struggle with those post-pill syndrome symptoms like hormonal acne, hair loss if you're supporting your body, trust that it will support you right back, But it will work in its own timeline. And there's only so much that you can influence is what you're doing every day, what you're putting in your body every day. But there's also that one factor, which is trust in your body that you just need to have, or you need to build, or you need to, yeah, need to build, I think, because you cannot influence that. You cannot influence, you can't rush your body, you can't rush nature in
1: general nature has its own timeline baby yes yeah i love what you said i love that if you're supporting your body your body will support you but you can't rush it and that's so important like i remember when i was you know really putting in the work to get my cycle to be regular i had to keep telling myself like i am trusting that it is coming back. like i'm trusting that it's going to become regular i'm trusting that it will and Whatever time it takes, like, I believe that it is possible for me to have a regular cycle. Like, it is a possibility. And if anyone listening has any irregular cycle right now, just know that you can take care of your body and support your body and have it support you back. And something underrated, maybe not underrated, but something that really helped me a lot, too, was acupuncture. Uh, there was a period of time where I was doing acupuncture every week for, like, maybe five weeks. And I swear that that was such a huge contributor to regulating my cycle, because ultimately, like there are points in our body in acupuncture that are related to the ovaries and the like the reproductive system and all these different things. But ultimately, too, what acupuncture I think really contributes to is the feeling of safety in your own body because it puts you in that rest and digest mode. And it kind of gives you this holistic way of, tuning into rest and digest and just slowing down like you literally can't move for an hour or like 30 minutes and that's in itself like already a meditation already just like slowing down
2: it is I love acupuncture I'm so fascinated by it too of the different energy lines and how, how everything is so holistic and connected and sometimes I feel like that is what's missing in the western school medicine that holistic view on how every cell in your body is talking to like all the cells are talking to each other your brain is constantly scanning every organ every cell is it safe are we well enough nourished can we should we ovulate your your brain is literally talking to every cell of your body and also having not only the emotional safety but also bodily safety is so important when coming off from one when in general when balancing your hormones and creating a lifestyle that is making your body feel safe and nourished and confident in you that you can be fertile and you could potentially if there was consequences out of you being fertile aka a baby that you could deal with that and that you would not endanger yourself or the health of that of that baby even if that is not your goal right now if you're just like us like trying to avoid pregnancy
1: yeah exactly exactly and I think that that applies to so much right it applies to if you've lost your period completely if you have an irregular cycle if your period is just late like let's say you had a very stressful gluteal phase like a very crazy social party drinking like going out just overstressing luteal phase like your body isn't feeling safe to have a period so like maybe you have a late cycle that one time or even cramps like I think all of those quote-unquote negative experiences or just like uncomfortable experiences ultimately all tie back to root to safety to just nourishment
2: Yes, I call this mind, body, soul nourishment because I feel like that's what it what it takes. It takes, it's not only about feeling physically nourished; it's also about feeling emotionally and spiritually nourished. That you can have that safety in your head, but that you can also feel it in your body, literally feel it with with every cell of your body.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it is all connected, right? Because like, even in this episode, we've kind of touched on the chakras, which is like the spiritual component. And then also the emotional and the mental is so important too. You know, I think as a type A, like, perfectionist, recovering perfectionist woman, I, I've tended to oscillate more towards the masculine and that, like, giving me, quote-unquote, like, comfort in a way. Because, like, oh, if I'm doing, if I'm always in action, then I, I'm doing enough, quote-unquote. Or, I'm you know, I am enough but learning to feel enough and to feel worthy and to feel complete and to embracing those ebbs and flows and the voids where maybe you're not doing anything very productive like seeing that is still productive seeing that is something that's helpful and healthy and good for your health and well-being and, and just as a part of of a cycle of
2: your menstrual cycle right Yeah, Mm. I love that. Also, what I wanted to mention before, when coming off hormonal birth control, I feel like there is one point where you can support your body and and so on. But there's still something that I would mention is that if your period has not returned or if your symptoms are extreme, so having extreme hormonal acne, um, your period is being completely missing or you have the worst cramps in the history of cramps, after three to six months of coming off from motor birth control, I would definitely recommend for you to get your hormones checked, but not like right away after coming off, but give it a little bit of time. I always say to my one-to-one clients, hey, in four or six months of time, if if with the lifestyle changes that you're doing with supporting your gut, with supporting your liver, with eating enough, with um, syncing your movement to your cycle, if you don't have a cycle to the moon, If those lifestyle changes take time, and then if after four or six months still nothing is improving at all or is even getting worse, then definitely checking in with your doctor to get your blood checked or even do a Dutch test to see what's happening with your hormones. And if there is maybe something else going on, is it maybe an underlying health condition? Um, Is it maybe something with your thyroid? Do you maybe, you could even have a burnout and not realize that you that you have that because all those are so connected your thyroid is connected to your ovaries your stress hormone production is connected to to everything in our bodies is connected I always try to see the hormones as like a whole orchestra like you know the when they play classic (laughs) and if there's one hormone off the whole song is gonna sound a little bit weak so yeah Yeah. off-key so we wanna we wanna make sure that we're understanding, okay, what where's the underlying imbalance here and ruling out anything that could cause this so we can keep on going with, with that with that lifestyle that is nourishing our hormones and so on.
1: Yeah. And speaking of that too, if someone is experiencing these very intense cramps or more intense symptoms, I think a lot of the times, at least I've felt this way, and I think a lot of women who are maybe struggling with this would feel this way. Like, I don't feel this way anymore. But when I had just gone off of birth control and I felt lost and confused, I definitely felt confused about who do I reach out to? What type of doctor can do a hormone test? And I feel like the Western medical system, a lot of the times isn't very supportive to offering a Dutch test and these kinds of you know more in-depth hormone checks. So would you say going to an endocrine specific doctor like an endocrinologist would that be like the best doctor for someone to go to or a functional doctor what do you think
2: i think it also really depends on where you live and what you have access to financially i guess Mm -hmm. because a dutch test is really expensive so i would probably start off with um maybe getting a one-on-one consultation with someone who can tell you exactly like what kind of test even makes sense to get or if you can do that with your doctor right away, if you can get um, your doctor to give you a little bit more of an understanding of what kind of tests would make sense in your certain situation, then I would do that. So I would first check in with your, I'm not sure if it's in the US if it's your general practitioner, but if you do have access to a gynecologist, I would probably go to a gynecologist right away and bring all your notes with the symptoms that you're experiencing and so on. And then just ask them what kind of, Homo tests they're recommending. Um, I do a lot of empowerment work with my one-to-one clients too. And we have a whole, sometimes a whole session on how you can advocate for yourself at the doctor's office. I also have a really cool Instagram post that I'm gonna post this week about how you can do that. That you walk into the doctor's office and get what you deserve, and that you're not being like medically gas-lit by some random white old man probably Um, but that you are getting the tests the information everything that, that you deserve because yeah when we go to the doctor's office we can sometimes feel small and very inexperienced and very I don't really know what I'm doing and then if we get a little bit of a different opinion from our doctor we can sometimes be like okay well yeah then I don't need a testing and then we actually still want to do the test so it's also about advocating for yourself in the right way and learning how to do that and learning how to say the right things I mean it's ridiculous that we even have to resort to things like that but medical gaslighting is real and there's a thing like that's called medical gender bias that's literally been studied that people with periods are people that are presenting as women, that they are not being taken as serious as cis men. So it's just a system that we live in. But to to answer your question, I would probably first check in with your general practitioner or gynecologist and see what test even makes sense and then go on with that. And if you can afford that, Um, a dutch test would be like the gold standard of it because that can really give you the deepest of deepest insights but if you're not in a financial position to currently do that then i would go for a standard blood test but making sure that you're testing at the right time depending on what you're actually getting tested
1: Mm. so you're saying like in terms of the blood test like the part of your cycle exactly and if you do not have a cycle it doesn't
2: really matter. But in that case, I would say it also would make sense. If you don't know what's going on in your cycle at all, and it really depends on what kind of symptoms you're having. So somebody with hormonal acne, there are different tests, like a different kind of blood test would make more sense. You would look at different kinds of markers. But if you just don't have a period, it doesn't really make sense to even do a hormone test because we probably know where these hormones levels are at. They're probably estrogen and testosterone and, and progesterone are probably at a very low level because you're not like you don't have a menstrual cycle so mm-hmm. then in that case does even a blood test even make sense does it even make sense to invest 400 500 into a dutch test if you can already guess what the outcome is going to be so this is why i'm sometimes like hey testing yes testing is great testing is great at a certain point in time if you have been supporting your body if you have really been getting into all the nourishing psycho balancing ways of living your life and this is working for you and this is not even after four to six months of doing that and literally doing that and not just taking a couple of supplements and um i don't know uh, yeah. that's it this is not what i'm talking about and if this is not working for you, then after four to six months, I would check in with the doctor and and see what, what works for you um, and what is going on. And maybe even before that, you could also consider connecting with a health coach or a menstrual cycle coach who can give you a little bit of more insights about, hey, this is the
1: test that I would recommend that would make sense. Yes. Yes, exactly. I think that you kind of covered it all. So thank you for outlining that. That's really helpful. And yeah, it's it's such a process. And i I know even myself, there was a period of time where when I was in the like post pill, like recovery stages still, where I really wanted to do a blood test and understand, like, are my hormones okay? Am I producing enough of them? And I did a blood test, but I didn't feel like I still even understood them. Like my doctor didn't provide me the information. Or even the the support there. And I also it was not tracking my cycle. So I didn't even know like what hormone levels should I be in in this part of my cycle. And that's why tracking is so important, like knowing what day you're in. And I love that even when before we started recording, you were like, what day of your cycle are you in? Like and I think that's so such a cool way of of connecting with other women too, is like ask or other menstruators is just asking, what day are you in?
2: Yeah, it's also, for me, it's also to understand, like, what's your vibe today? Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, exactly, exactly. Are you going to be bubbly? Are you going to be more intuitive? It's, um, I-, I love this way of connecting with, with other menstruators. Yeah. There was one thing I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. When it comes to, if you want to test anything when coming off hormonal birth control, test your nutrient deficiencies. So if you really want to get yes. insights, what you want to how you want to support your body, I wouldn't test hormones right after right after coming off. I would test nutrient levels because the hormonal birth control pill, the IUD, anything hormonal contraceptives, they can deplete nutrients from your body because they are having an impact on your gut and your liver, on how well they function. So things like... Um,
1: Iron.
2: iron magnesium b the b vitamins i would probably test too there's a couple of more i'm sure that you selenium yes yeah, selenium zinc i also tested zinc folate really important um because those tend to be depleted and then if you know that you're depleted you can target with specific supplementation or with specific foods so you can so you can make sure that your body has all the is is okay when it comes to nutrients instead of just doing a multivitamin and and that's it but yeah. being more targeted about it
1: for sure and also like magnesium changed my life like I started supplementing with magnesium around a month ago and oh my god it's amazing it's helped so much and I learned that for anyone listening who doesn't know what your liver does in your body is it helps you essentially secrete and like release any excess hormones in your body. And it's so essential also for like any toxins that you have. Also, it's really tied to your gut health because a lot of the times for these hormones or pretty much all the time for these hormones, for your excess bile, like for all of these different things to be ejected from your body and detoxified from your body, you need to have regular bowel movements. And that's why the two are so interlinked. And magnesium is also very interlinked there. And a lot of the times, magnesium deficiency can be the cause of like constipation or issues with detoxification too. Oh,
2: yeah. Juicy. I always think of the liver and the gut being like BFFs. And
1: mm-hmm. if the
2: liver was, a, it would probably be like a Leo sun because I feel like she's a diva. She <laughs> you knows oh my god and she hates overworking and she would always or what would you say like if you if you could describe the liver she doesn't I like, like that that's and that's the thing about the liver and that's why drinking alcohol and like living in a very toxic environment with lots of endocrine disrupting chemicals from your beauty products to your menstrual products to the things that you use to clean your house whatever um having those that toxic burden or things like alcohol nicotine anything that can really cause um your liver to overwork that's when your liver is like nope this is too much um i'm going to deprioritize detoxing hormones so the excess hormones are just going to swim around in your body and then cause those hormonal imbalances like for example having hectic pms heavy periods period cramps that can sometimes just be your liver being like this Overworked. is too much like not having this I need to concentrate on doing the other stuff first like like making sure that the alcohol that you're drinking every weekend when you're going out that I detox that first and then if I have time I will I will take care of the of the, the excess hormones. hormones running around in your body yeah yeah, yeah. so she's a diva she's probably yeah she would probably be a leo son. And the gut would be, I don't know. The Virgo. The Virgo.
1: (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) I love that. Yes, I love that too. And it's so true. I mean, the the liver is so important. It's like the root of Chinese medicine, which is what I'm learning about. And I'm just fascinated by it. And I want to continue learning about it. But the best way that I've learned to support my own liver is... Being mindful with my caffeine and my alcohol consumption. I love coffee. I love the taste of it, but it makes me feel anxious. And so, I if I do drink it, I aim to only drink it in my follicular and my ovulation, and then I'm done. Like nothing in my menstruation and in my luteal. I, I do like like tea in those phases, but reducing caffeine is like the number one, I think. And then also alcohol, especially after ovulation like in the second half of your cycle in the period too, like I try to not drink or if I do like just one drink to max. And I feel like that's just been such a huge way to support the liver. Such a
2: game changer for me. It was, I think dry brushing and also castor oil packs, which was really, really nourishing and um, eating a ton of critziferous vegetables, because I think the second stage of liver detoxification is dependent on one kind of component that is in critziferous vegetables. And I know that you're also a fan of critziferous vegetables. So this is broccoli, cabbage, um, cauliflower, and these are so incredible for our hormonal health. So probably one of my favorite foods for for the cycle especially in like the ovulatory and luteal phase
1: yes I love that those are great tips too I didn't even think about the dry brushing but I feel like I could literally talk to you for forever for the whole day so an hour has gone by and it's just blown so I'm so grateful you came on the podcast I want to do some quick rapid fire questions to close off the episode and then you can tell everyone where they can connect with you further and check out all of your amazing offerings and if they want to work with you too. But first question is, do you have a quote or a mantra that you live by?
2: Mm, Probably I am a cyclical being, probably
1: that. Embracing the cycles. Love it. Do you have any book recommendations, any books that have just impacted your own experience that you would love to share with whoever's listening
2: the first book that I ever came in touch with when it comes to all things hormones and menstrual cycle is period power by Macy Hill yes. this book literally changed my life and I know that you are a fan too <laughs> another one that I love is heavy flow by Amanda Laird because it gives more insights about like the cultural context of menstruation and so on which I found really interesting
1: Ooh, I'll have to read that one that's awesome And what makes you feel like your highest self? Oh, that is such a juicy question. It is so loaded.
2: I feel like for me, it is trusting my body and feeling authentic and taking up space. And that can, what would make me feel like that? Feeling nourished and feeling just confident in my body in terms of how I feel that day, how I look that day and how
1: I meet myself where I'm at every day. Yeah. yeah. Checking in every day. I like that. Exactly. And then the last one is if someone didn't hear anything from this episode and they just heard this part, what would you want to leave them with?
2: Your body has your back and love your body and it will love you right back. That rhymed. That even
1: rhymes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. This was so fun. Can you tell everyone where they can find you and work with you? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok
2: with at the cyclical coach. I also have a website, but I post a lot of my Instagram and take you on my journey of how to connect with your menstrual cycle, mind, body, soul, nourishment. We talk about empowerment a lot. And um, I also offer one-on-one coaching for everybody, for all menstruators out there that are curious about deepening your cycle awareness, about understanding your body, about feeling empowered in your cyclical body. And I also have a lot of workshops. For example, a workshop on coming off hormonal birth control, which is called Post-Hormonal Birth Control Balance, one of my favorite workshops out there. That goes for two hours and it gives you the whole rundown on how to come off hormone birth control step-by-step.
1: Step. Amazing. I will link all of that in the show notes. Thank you again so much and everyone listening. Thank you for being here today. And I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.